and welcome back to uh, Survivor Hot Takes. Coach Drew and M, as always. Uh, joined today by two guests. Uh, first, coming back from our deep dive-ish in Survivor Micronesia, we have Josh. Josh, welcome back. Thank Josh, you we missed you. It's good to be back, always. <laughs> and Emily, would you like to do an introduction? Oh my gosh, yes. Hello, world. Um, I would love to introduce to you the queen of all queens. Um, she is my best friend. She is the most amazing human in the whole wide world. And she's a brand new Survivor Super Baby fan. Um, but she is so good at analyzing and you guys are going to love her. You're in for a real tweet or tweet, not treat. Um, my very, very best friend, Hopi. Hopi, you want to say hi? Hello, hello. And thank you so much for that. I don't know how to follow up on that other than Hey, just bask in your glory because you're amazing. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get right into it because it's been a long week. Um, as the title of the episode says, you know, way back when I first started this, I referred to mainly Survivor Reddit as a cesspool. Um, but obviously, there are other groups outside of Reddit that uh, are equally just as messy uh and based off of this episode those 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 people have started to rear their ugly heads once again they started to come out of the woodwork uh with their their uh i don't want to call it bullshit but we're gonna call it what it is um but that's for a little bit later we do want to touch on briefly everything else that happened before we get to obviously what we're here to talk about um so, Emily, we'll start with you. Uh, what did you think of the episode up until oh, the Tribal Councils? Up until Tribal Council, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I thought that um, it, it was interesting to me because I felt like we got little pieces of the story. But, Josh, you, you talked about that a little bit earlier. I want to give you the credit. Like, we got pieces of the narrative, but not the whole holistic narrative. Um, I know that um, we talked a lot about, like, what was this? two episodes ago whenever Roxroy voted Lindsay and obviously now we know like Roxroy was voted out but a lot of the people were all like oh like why would he vote Lindsay like that's so weird well now they, they interviewed him and they asked and I found out this is super interesting he actually voted for her because they didn't feature um, a section of him talking with Lindsay before um, and realizing that she was a huge threat so he like did an interview saying that she was a huge threat so he wanted to make her scared so it very much paralleled to why Romeo put one vote on high even though knowing that that vote really wouldn't do much you know in the long run it also does have a huge impact because it wants to make like it makes them more scared you know, and someone like High always wants to play like that aggressive game, you know, and he wanted to play a perfect game. And because he did not get play a perfect game of getting no votes, that in itself is tarnished and then it kind of keeps him more jittery and more aggressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Josh, picking up from that, how did you enjoy or not enjoy the High Romeo interaction when they got back to camp? <laughs> what I, you know, I, I've seen some people try to compare it to the, the Rupert Johnny Fairplay thing. I don't think it's that extreme. But it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just oh no, I didn't. I didn't vote for you. I, I voted for Chanel. It's like okay, cool. And then High just or yeah, High goes around. It's like yeah, because I know who it is. What did you think about their interaction? Do you think that High was warranted in reacting like that? Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. So I have my own podcast. You can check it out, JoshTakes.com. At it's in, good <laughs> with Josh takes every episode, I give out Josh awards, and so actually, this week's award, I'll share it here as well with you all. 
that it goes to Romeo and I'm giving it the giving him the Regina George behind your back <laughs> award. Um, because I don't know if you've ever seen if you haven't seen Mean Girls, first of all, just go watch it. Yeah, Tina Fey's a legend. Yeah, Tina Fey's a legend. Yeah. Um, but there's that scene where, you know, uh, Regina is talking to some girl and she like makes her day by complimenting her skirt. And then as soon as that girl walks away, she turns to her friend and says, that's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought Romeo, same vibe, same exact energy when he's back at camp. He's, you know, trying to tell everybody, hey, like, it's OK that you voted for me. It's OK that, you know, uh, I forgive you. I understand. And then he turns to the camera and tells us, you know. I want to kick them all in their faces. And <laughs> I, and so I love Romeo's energy. I like that he was trying to instigate stuff, put a vote on high, you know, make him, you know, squirm, which is the word he uses. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to make him just like feel a little uncomfortable. And he knows, I think he zeroes in on high's like desire to like really try to play this like perfect game to really try to be this like perfect survivor player and I think that uh, Romeo's move to do that was great. And I also like the damage control of just den just deny it, make mm -hmm. that bother high more. You know, it's obvious yeah. that it was him, but just, you know, like, again, if you're just going to make him squirm, just do it. And I think doing it in a more subtle way versus an overt way, I think sets him up later to kind of continue to like work with high still, even though he's trying to make him uncomfortable. He's not like yeah. outwardly like saying, you know, you suck. I hate you. To his face, he's saying, I didn't vote for you. I like you. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but then he's doing these other subversive things. So I liked Romeo's play. I thought yeah. it was fun to watch. I thought it was, uh, you know, interesting strategy. When you're on the bottom, cause chaos. You know, order only helps those who are in power. And so I feel like, you know, just stir things up when you're on the very bottom. And I think it paid off this week for Romeo, yeah. as we see as he scrapes by. I got to hit it to him too. You know, I mean, I really like, I thought that he was like a dead man walking after uh, that last episode, episode eight. Um, I was like, this dude's toast, but he really found a way to stay so under the radar that he was basically just like absorbed. And I was just like eating it up. It was so yeah. good. And when Herbie, so going off of that, um, Romeo, we all thought going into this episode was not necessarily that he was going to go home because I do feel, I do feel like a lot of people thought that, there are a couple of other bigger fish to fry now. But do you like Romeo's spot in the game after this episode, without really touching on the tribals as of yet? Do you like Romeo's spot going forward, especially with Rockway saying the whole high and high and Romeo, you know, flip the vote on me or whatever? Do you think that that'll pay dividends for him in the long run? Or do you think his time is still coming to a close soon? I think as of right now, with, you know, Survivor, it's so hard to make endgame bets because this show's bananas, man. But um, I do think that he is doing himself such a favor. Uh, I know they talked a little bit about his paranoia the last episode, I believe. But I think you do have to be paranoid in Survivor. And he knew that he was under the radar. He had a gut feeling. He went with it. Um, or he was on the radar. Um, and then he did what he had to do to shake things up. And I loved, like, the the edit scene where he's like, I just put a vote on High just to make him squirm. And High's like, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not bothered. But, like, he was so bothered by it. And oh, I think yeah. these tiny little manipulative moves are going to really solidify Romeo as a threat in this game. Ooh. Good and answer. I really want to, I, I, cause I didn't read the, I didn't read the Roxroy exit interview. So I didn't know about the Lindsay thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I know I sat here and uh, talked about this last week. One of two things that uh, I very much remember. One being, oh, yes, I like Jonathan now, which, my God. Uh, but two, um, the the over or the over the under edit of Lindsay and how mm. if Lindsay were to somehow win, it would leave a bad taste in people's not my mouth, but a lot of you know these people's mouths uh, because it'll be you know to, in their eyes it'll be like oh non deserving, but in reality it's no just under edited. And when you hear things like Romeo saying Lindsay's a threat, then you know that's. It looks like this could potentially happen because the same thing happened with Erica last season, except for we were shown that people thought that Erica was a threat very early on. Like they yeah. actually showed it to us. So I do, th- I still don't think that she's going to win, but I feel like if she does, the only evidence that we've been, we've shown, been shown so far is one, her, uh, she got a, she had a pretty standout episode this, this past one. Um, so we'll have that to look at and we'll have Roxroy's exit interview to look at. Hopefully we get more in the in the coming yeah. weeks, but as of right now, that's all we have to really look at. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love this episode for Lindsay. Uh, you know, I think we got the most Lindsay content we've gotten since probably the premiere. Yes, and, she's an ally queen. An and, ally. <laughs> she, her whole interaction with Jonathan just brought me life throughout the episode. It was just like, <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. that he, when she said uh, when she like gave him the other way that the vote could happen and he just kind of sits there like well now wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute yeah. what uh well, we need to think about that yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah um, can i ask something on that same topic because i'm still so confused okay so we, we get to this point right where jonathan wins the immunity right we don't have to talk about anything before immunity right i feel like we pretty much covered right like, and he's like, oh, I can make a big move, right? So he, like, goes up to uh, Lindsay and starts, like, like bullshitting ideas. And he says to her, like, well, I'm going to, like, we're going to tell her that, oh, hey, Christian. Um, well, we're going to tell um, Mary, or we're going to tell Drea that it's Marianne. And then uh, we're going to tell, and Marianne is obviously going to know that we're actually going to be voting for Drea. Why didn't you just, I'm so confused why they didn't tell Drea that they were going to vote for Tori. Like, there's such a, there's so much evidence. Like, be like, hey, like, Drea, like, I'm really sorry. You know, like, we're, like, we're actually going to be focusing on Tori because Tori has now won two out of the two immunity, two out of the three now. Like, obviously, and she's already told Marianne that she and, uh, that Tori already told Marianne that they don't get along very well. Like, it's public knowledge that they're the bottom two, right? So why wouldn't Drea just use her vote to vote out? You know what I mean? Like, if that was really your target, which I get because Drea is like she's got like buckets and buckets of advantages in her pocket and like a really great survivor resume you know and like I, I just don't understand why he didn't use Tori like that, that that to me is just like the most obvious answer Josh comment <laughs> yeah I I mean the simple answer is I don't think Jonathan's very smart <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, my nuanced answer is I think that he, as he shares later with Lindsay and they get in a little bit of a tiff about, he he's convinced that, you know, Tori and Drea must be close because they're coming from their starting tribe together. And I think we get a clue into why Jonathan might be missing out on some of this relational information earlier in the episode. And that's when Roxroy says, you know, Jonathan, like no one appreciates me. The only guy that goes out and swims all day trying to catch fish is John- Jonathan. So I-, I really get this picture that Jonathan and Roxroy 
aren't the most socially like connected and in the know with this whole merch tribe dynamics. They right. were probably going out fishing and just doing their own thing. And it looks like they're broing down, of course, you know. But then, um, yeah, I, I really I think that uh, Jonathan, as Lindsay points out, is missing a lot of information, uh, you know, about the social dynamics of the tribe. So I think he just completely misread yeah. what Drea would be thinking in that moment of who she would want to target. Then my and other question we, is like, oh yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, my, my, just one more and then I'll shut up. Um, My other question is like, why would you freaking tell Marianne that she's the decoy boat? Like, like, what do you like? What? Because then she's like, oh, well, I like everyone knows that Drea and Marianne both have the idols. And he's like, well, you're not going to play the idol. Like, you're just, you know, like what? Like, I don't understand why you would even tell Marianne. It was just a whole mess. That's all I had to say. I'm the done. The beginning of the doofus edit uh, starts now for Jonathan. It, yeah, but, I can't believe yeah. that I love the man. Now now he's dead to me. Yeah, I, I can't I, believe. I, I quickly regretted <laughs> my whatever I said last week. But Hobie, what I want to go with is, do you think think Jonathan has any chance of winning now not not no. personal opinion not what you want to happen do you think Jonathan has a chance of winning no uh and here's why I think that it was all evidenced in his lack of awareness towards himself because there was a clip of him saying yeah, like I just realized that every day I have to set my ego aside and really just humble myself. He, I don't know if he said humble himself, but he did mention that he had to set his ego aside. And then it like you get to that scene with Lindsay on the beach and she's like, here's my very well thought out strategy as to why this is not a good idea and why we need to shift. And he's like, no, that's not it. And he, I think, just has a very difficult issue of knowing when to stop talking and when to let entertain someone else's ideas and that his ideas aren't always the best. And I think that will mm -hmm. really screw him over throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, you can't even play the, the social game well enough to know that, you know, there are all these other things going on besides what you think you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have a very hard time. And I think that people are starting to get tired. Some people have already been tired, but a lot of other people are getting tired of the way he talks to them. Uh, I think that the biggest fallout from the second tribal, which we'll get to later, uh, is the fact that how he carried himself at the beginning. Like towards the end, cool, fine, whatever. But that's going to stick in a lot of people's minds, and especially with the jury already sitting there and seeing how he wrecked that. If I'm any type of player, uh, any player that was at that tribal, I'd probably try to sucker him into having another outburst like that. Yeah. Just like start pissing off even more people to give him no chance of at that way. Let's say he goes on an immunity run, he ends the season with like four. It's not going to matter because people are only going to be focusing on yeah. how he yeah. handled himself socially. He and he could be a zero vote finalist, honestly. I, I, I think that that, like, which is weird because we never even considered him being able to make it to the end without getting votes because of just his stature. And, like, a lot of the time, you know, if we see a big, strong man make it to the end, typically they win, you know. But I do think, like, what, what he said and the way that he handled himself, which we're obviously going to get to later, it evoked a very, very strong reaction from the jury, um, like the existing jury currently. Um, and that, that in itself, if they're the two people currently who are operating Ponderosa, like, I don't think that this man has a shot in hell. Tori will vote for him. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Actually, I, my, yeah, my stock, 
Look at again, you can I have receipts on my podcast. You can go back and listen to every episode I bring up pretty much how I don't think Tori could win. I she was my pick throughout the entire season as least likely to win. I thought she made a lot of social blunders and so did she in her exit press. She brought up how she very much like uh, you know, realized that she was not very good at playing survivor. And I think my stock though on Tori as a person, as a not as a character on TV, but actually as a person, has gone up after how she handled the whole thing at Tribal Council and then how she's handled everything in her exit press. I feel like yeah. she's been she's been pretty yeah, gracious and self-aware. Yeah, no, she's mm-hmm. been she's been pretty good. And I I appreciate that. And I, I do want to say before we get to uh, Tribal One, because of I've been dealing with and reading all the mess uh, online for the last week, I haven't had proper time to celebrate the fact that Tori was gone. Uh, so <laughs> I was thinking of you when she left. I was y'all. like, this is going to be a lot of emotions <laughs> for Andrew. Yeah. yeah, right. That yeah. Tori's gone. Um, that's my celebration. Back to the issue at hand. First tribal. So we we have Roxroy trying to start this all dudes thing. And sorry, they're all dudes on this tribe. Somebody has to go. Everyone thinks, okay, let's make it easy. Let's do Romeo and let's get out of here. And Roxroy decides that he wants to start over strategizing and pretty much costs him the game. Because I do think that if he had just shut up, don't do anything they could have gotten out there with the easy vote at that point. Hobie, what are your thoughts? I agree. I think uh, Roxroy is very uh, obstinate, um, I think, which can be a phenomenal asset as seen on um, the the island uh, where he had the time, the shillelagh of time, another podcast I love (laughs) calls it. and uh, you see this just absolute unrelenting will, which I greatly admire, but he doesn't know when to relent. And that was his biggest issue. And I really could see him going far if he knew how to work with and listen to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sat here uh, about three weeks ago and said, oh, yeah, Roxbury going to sit at the end and lose because everyone's going to want to bring Roxbury to the end. And I do think that if he had just shut up, he would have just sat at the end and lost. Yeah. Um, but this is why we do these, so we can be wrong. Um, <laughs> and so Rockshore goes, it's pretty, like, I think once he saw his name the second time, he knew it was over. Uh, and he goes away. Um, thoughts on Rockshore now that he's gone, everyone? Uh, do we like him? Do we not like him? I He, he went from someone that's like, okay, yeah, and then there's Rockshore. To like me hoping that he throws a vote every tribal to like, oh man, that's <laughs> like cool, you know, nice juror, cool, whatever, we'll see. Yeah, he kind of went like, I don't know, like I'm very, com- I feel like, okay, we're all very complicated people. I think that he kind of got a little bit of a complicated edit near the end, um, especially like, you know, the the um, the feminist in me said, you know, he, homeboy just needs a little bit of work. You know, we're, we're going to work on, you know, the anti-misogyny thing. We'll, we'll work on that, you know. Um, but I think that his what what really sold me was his edit, you know, with the uh, shillelagh of time um, and like how uh, how you, whenever you I, I truly believe there's not a person that you couldn't love once you hear their story like that. That's like something that I try to live by. And I think that like once you heard a little bit more about his life experience, he gripped on to my little heartstrings just a little bit you know our problematic king we love him 
I, yeah, which means that I still want Lindsay's story. Give me yeah. Lindsay's story. My uh, Josh, thoughts yeah. on Roxbury as he, as he leaves the game? Yeah, Roxbury was a great character. I think, uh, I think, you know, I'm not really sure exactly how this uh, time turner thing worked, you know, uh, because it feels like we turned the hourglass and we pulled back a character that was straight from the 20, you know, 20th century uh, into Survivor. <laughs> like the guy seemed like he had read about Survivor in a book, but hadn't actually seen the TV show. And he was playing a um, a game that would have been a losing game, uh, you know, in the first season of Survivor. And, uh, you know, like which is just, you know, provide be honest, uh, very basic strategy that, you know, many people employed in the first few seasons of Survivor, but all of them lost. Uh, no single person has ever won Survivor by pro just providing for their tribe and being nice. Like, that's not how you've ever won the show. And Maybe Ethan's on. You think Ethan's on might be the closest no. to that? Really they were in Africa. They didn't, they couldn't provide anything. Yeah. Well, never mind. No, Forget Ethan, it. Ethan's charisma is off the charts. He he did not, you know, he worked it with all these people making him making them like him, you know. Okay, and I think... forget it. I thought it was I thought I was doing something. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think like Rockstory didn't even try socially, it seemed. You know, High says um, I, I High says, you know, you don't talk strategy with Rockstory until Rockstory wants us to talk strategy with you. Like, so he just was he was just avoiding the game part of Survivor. And just trying to like be again a provider and uh, a guy who will keep his word. And I just think that that again was a losing strategy twenty years ago, and is an even worse losing strategy uh, present day. Very true. Yeah, you don't even make it to the end with that one, though. Very, very uh, true. <laughs> Hope me, Rockroy. Are we going to see him again? Probably not. Thoughts on Rockroy? Ah man, I like. I agree. I do not sadly think we'll see Roxbury again. I I don't know why, but he just like settled in a place right here. And I like loved him. I knew he wasn't going far. I knew he wasn't going good to the end, but I just like, I wanted him to. Um, and I really appreciated, like, I think we really get uh, the first few episodes. We really saw a kind of stern dad authoritarian figure. Um, and I loved his edit on the Island. Uh, because you really got to see this emotional side to him and see how he is a very complex and dynamic person who just was not good at the game. Yeah. No, or with dude. women. Or with women. <laughs> so much so much just dad energy. Like, you know, he he doesn't know like uh kind of like Rudy Bosch energy from season one, where he's like, yeah. you know, whatever the equivalent of MTV is, like he's like, I don't even know what TikTok is, or you know, like <laughs> Uh, that that would be a Roxray, you know, quote. So it just it, he just fell out of place in Survivor, but probably you know it would be he's probably a great dad, probably a really good you know like friend to have. Very loyal is gonna you know like yeah. make yeah, sure I you got food when you come over. I would love to go with him to a barbecue. Like yeah. that, that's the goal. That's the goal. I want to wear high knee socks and Nikes yeah, yeah. with him and yeah. just like grill some burgers. That's all. Yeah, I want. you know he's rocking the New Balances, those white shiny <laughs> New Balances. <laughs> So we lose Roxroy and Tori in the same episode, the, the rivalry of the season uh, so wild. far. Uh, yeah, I think that I would say that that's probably the rivalry of the season up to this point. And so we, we lose Roxroy and we lose Tori. Now we lose Tori and the tribal that everyone is talking about on the internet um, for good or bad reasons. And so I, you know, my story behind this episode is I didn't even watch it until 
like Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, avoiding spoilers and all that. And people are just losing their minds over everything. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So um, I have a friend say, because I was in a bad uh, mindset on Friday. And they say, uh, just wait till Saturday, watch the episode. Because if you watch it tonight, you might get pissed off. Um, and I watched it. And it's like, okay, um, I don't get why everyone on the internet is as vocally angry uh, as they've ever been about something that's happened since maybe like Michelle winning uh, in 33. Like I've never, like I haven't seen Survivor fans, a certain section of Survivor fans, this pissed off since probably that. And the the big thing behind it is people keep dropping this it's too political uh, phrase, which is just another way of saying they don't like talking about and hearing about race because race in itself is not political. And if you're sitting here listening to this right now saying, hey, they're getting political, screw you. Uh, because as a colored, I'm just uh, as a as an African-American, I love when they have actual moments like this one why Giuseppe is one of my favorite winner uh, winners it's why I liked her and Sean's dynamic on that season um I like when that can be discussed and it you know and not turn into a big shit fest and I don't think in the moment that it was the shit fest happened afterwards online mm. um so I'm gonna get everyone's opinions um if you have a deferring opinion that is absolutely all right um I don't hate you um, but we'll, we'll just work down the line. We'll go Emily first. What were your thoughts on, from when Drea walked in, saw Roxroy on the, uh, jury side and just from there. And it was kind of just, everyone can just kind of piggyback off yeah. each other. Um, it was interesting. Um, I guess cause I, I want to also, I mean, like, I want to preface that, that my understanding and my take is also just coming, like, I'm, I'm a white woman, you know, so um, I'm just speaking from an allyship perspective and and how I have educated myself about the experiences of people um, of color, you know, but I, I could see it at least in her eye, you know, and I think that, like, it, it came very quickly as a shock and watching her process that and she was really trying to, like, um, it, it's hard, you know, cause she was trying to explain, like, I was really trying to just maintain my emotions because as a black woman, I have to make sure that I'm not too much this or too little that, or, you know, and so trying to find that until she started just talking about, you know, implicit bias and unconscious bias and those sorts of things. And the only, like the, the second that set her off, she didn't get emotional, like outwardly emotional until Jonathan was the one who accused her of accusing him of being a racist, which she didn't do at all, <laughs> which she never did. Um, so I think like we, we talk about this a lot, you know, that um, Survivor is like a microcosm of society. And I think that it's even more so now, especially with the the brilliant work of the diversity initiative and like the um, and, and how, the great work that they've all done. So great job. Um, and how much they have blended so many different life experiences. This is just what we're talking about it now in a much more holistic and real form. Um, so I, I definitely, I just want to, as, as a woman and as an ally, I just want to tip off my hat to Marianne and Drea because they had, they held withheld a lot more with uh, restraint than I would have been. I'm not even black. So, um, like hats off to them. They're amazing. Uh, hope you thoughts. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll preface this with, I am a woman of color. I'm a biracial Hawaiian and white woman. Um, and I felt just so much empathy uh, for Marion and Andrea um, and Roxbury and Chanel because you could see them getting, like Chanel was visibly like bouncing her leg. Like it was just so incredible to see these two women like lay it all out on the line and talk about a very real and just uh, just a very real lived experience. Um, and it was so frustrating that immediately Jonathan got defensive. Um, and I know that that is just a product of the society. It's a product of white privilege. Uh, but it's just still so frustrating when um, there's a person of color on the opposite side with this cultural responsibility and this cultural mm -hmm. weight. And they're just trying to express um, that survivor it's still in the game it does not matter like i think it was marianne that said like yes like this is you're taking a bunch of people from the the real world and bringing them into a small group playing a social game with those perspectives um absolutely and i was just i was so there for the conversation i was just so moved by the stand that they took um it's sad that they have to take a stand and that they have to play their advantages just to feel protected and safe after talking about an experience because they know that there's going to be people on the internet who are like, oh, well, they're just playing the race card. Uh, right. And so they had to weaken their own game just to advocate for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of bouncing off of that really quick, Josh, sorry, I don't mean to, I just, one thing while I don't forget. Um, Great, I think go that for it. it um, I appreciate you. You're wonderful. Um, like the, the one little piece as well that I think is like really intricate is how many times did we hear Jonathan talk about how people have implicit bias, mm. not in the same way, but how they have implicit bias against yeah. really strong men. Okay. And how he knew he would be a target because of his appearance. Right. So keeping that in the same and like, it, it only becomes political whenever you want to make it political. You know what I mean? And so I think that that like, like he got defensive in a way where he was, you know, like tooting his own horn. You know, he was he was a, a product of the exact same um, the exact same piece, you know, but that's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think. Yeah. There, there's so many different things to talk about here, but I, I think. Um, my first reaction watching them, it, watching Drea was just like, oh man, I, I, I feel so like bad for her because yeah. like she was clearly put on the spot. Like you see everybody's faces when they walk in and they're shocked when they see Roxroy on the jury. They did not expect Roxroy to be on the jury. This is like kind of a weird, perfect storm situation, right? Like no votes post-merge really ever, you know, happen where half of the tribe doesn't see what the story is and why someone's, you know, like blindsided or sent home. And so just the extra like weird twist of this final 10 unmerging into two halves, you know, and then them walking in. And so it just created this perfect like storm or whatever, perfect moment for them all to be so shocked. And then of course, Dre is like obviously processing it differently than everybody else, even including seemingly Marianne um in in the beginning right jeff at least keeps, to start yeah yeah like jeff keeps asking her questions and i noticed this like her first like two or three responses to jeff in the tribal council is just i don't know like because mm -hmm. she she's not even giving him anything which if you've ever heard people talk about you know extended cuts of tribal council and stuff like jeff hates it when you don't give him any info when you're not like giving him anything like he'll even like pause 
like the discussion and be like, Hey, like I, I need more from you. Like I like, and kind of come down as like harsh dad, Jeff, you know, and like, and that's like his biggest pet peeve is when people don't like, aren't being, you know, like at least giving him something that's somewhat entertaining, keeping the conversation going. So the fact that she just kept saying, I don't know, I don't know. After having been to multiple travel councils beforehand, knowing that that's not what Jeff wants, not what, mm-hmm. you know, they want for the show. I think it just showed like, she was just like stopped in her tracks and then, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's Jeff who brings the word race into it when he asks her, like, do you think this is this was race related when because she just said this changes things. And then he's the one that that asked that. And, you know, and he says she says, you know, I have the quote here. Um, She says, you know, he asked if it's race related. And she says, unfortunately, a little that was her response and her entry into like talking about this. And so at this point, I just still felt really bad for her because like you could see she didn't know if she wanted to go there she doesn't know exactly what she's going to do to handle it and then the conversation keeps going yeah. a different direction and then she it comes back and she's like you know what i'm just going to play my idol like i've seen two people you know black people that i i, I did not expect roxroy to go home so i i'm processing this and so i'm gonna play my idol just to make sure that there's not you know three black people like going home in a row and i, I think i'll pass it off here but one more thing. i just think that like you guys are letting um what you already shared about them playing their idols so that people can't accuse them of, of playing the race card. I thought that was like very, very admirable. And I just think that they were trying to remove any kind of accusation that playing the race card being like, Hey, save me. You, you can't vote out black people because you'll be racist if you do so. Instead, they said, we're going to take it upon ourselves to make sure that this pattern, which we don't, you know, which optically looks horrible and then in general feels wrong to them, uh, we're going to take it upon ourselves to make sure this doesn't, you know, like happen this season where three black people go back, you know, home back to back to back. And so I just thought that, like, again, they burn their idols. I've heard, you know, people writing into me, like, do you think they should have just used their extra votes? They could have had enough, like, you know, four votes would have been a majority, like, if they both used their extra votes instead of their idols. But it's like, that wasn't the point. The point wasn't like the perfect strategic play to make it that they were just saying like, we want to be above board with like our fellow castmates, not put them in an uncomfortable position to have to save us with the problem that we are, you know, feeling and experiencing. And, you know, we also don't want the people back home to accuse us of saying, you know, we used our skin color to get by a a vote in survivor. And like, I just thought, the, the fact that they were able to think on their feet so well and just like, yeah, and just deal with that in the way they did was just, I, I thought very, very, very admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Very well and, said, Josh. Yeah, I, I agree. I know. I, and one of the things that uh, stuck with me is Andrea has been um, shown as someone, she's continuously says, Oh, I don't know you. I'm not close to you. I don't like, I have nothing, you know, she's not close in her head or like what we've been shown with anyone and then all of a sudden you know we get more of drea the person when she like she immediately snaps back into real life when she sees what the jury looks like and you know i'm I'm trying very hard not to swear up a storm but like you get these people online that uh especially uh one person in particular that showed the screenshot of her voting for chanel the previous week Mm -hmm. it's not about the fact that it, it's not the fact that Chanel was black. Like, how do, how do I want to phrase it? Once again, I'm just trying not to go on like a very big tirade. Um, 
she didn't like the fact that there was this there's this stigma whether you know people want to believe it's true or not there is this thing where black folk go early in the mm-hmm. you know pre-jury or they go early in the merge especially if they don't have anyone that they really can work with it's just something that happens like and people saying oh yeah well what about this person we've only had four we only had four black winners so it's not like you know we're doing this every season and somehow like we we still sit at the end things happen where people get taken out early so her sitting there you know being clearly in shock i don't think that was i don't think she was faking it or anything like that her being in shock saying hey we're not doing this this time you know y'all can vote us out two in a row next time like over the next two yeah we're not doing three in a row and you know the fact that and the, what we haven't touched on is they were going in planning on voting for each other right yeah, yeah. it's crazy you know it's still it's still pinning two people against each other of color yeah. you know and i think that if Roxroy hadn't gone home let's say it was romeo they would have had no issue voting against each other i yeah. think it was right. the, like josh said the optics of are we really gonna do this like we're we doing this this time right. uh you know and i very much had uh, I, I had a lot of respect for the fact that uh you know Lindsay spoke up she you know when she could tori said some things uh and jonathan was there i won't i won't do that i won't i'm not gonna <laughs> talk about jonathan um, i can i can talk about jonathan real quick okay, okay like yeah. I, 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 no because I, I i again as you can tell i'm a white guy uh jonathan also a white guy that's probably where the comparisons start and stop between jonathan and i because uh you know i can pick up my shirt but i don't have as many abs as he does <laughs> um and you know oh, he puts his left. he puts his foot in his mouth um i mean maybe puts both feet in his mouth uh you know across this episode and i, I think you know jonathan is a picture of you know for me in this moment again edited tv show who knows exactly how this conversation goes but he is um, hearing what they're saying um, and feeling defensive because he feels like they're accusing him, right, of being racist. And their immediate response to them is, no, you're not. That's not what we're saying. So th- whatever the conversation was, again, we, we it's edited. We don't know exactly. Their immediate response to him saying, I feel like, you know, this is wrong. I feel like you're saying I'm racist. Their immediate response to him is, no, we didn't say that. We, we, we love you, yeah. even, Drea says to him. And I think um, – I. I, I just think for anybody who feels, you know, similar to Jonathan that might be listening to this or watching this, I, I would say, I think when people are sharing from their own experiences, I think one in, in Survivor, it's really smart to just listen because you don't want to like, you know, when people are clearly like in an elevated emotional state, their fight or flight is going, which Drea clearly was in. And then Marianne seems to quickly catch up to her. Um, and I, I just think that like, if, if your response in that is what they are, you know, how they're making you feel and you don't have the capacity to differentiate yourself from them and, and like notice what they're experiencing and not, you know, just feel attacked and threatened primarily. Uh, I, I just think that that's a sign you got to do some work and it, not, it might be mm-hmm. about race. It might just be therapy in general, you know, to like deal with other stuff that, you know, make, gives you a less capacity to have empathy in that moment because, yeah, I think that was the disappointing thing for me with Jonathan. Besides what he actually said, which is yeah. like that he couldn't in that moment do what Lindsay and Tori did, which was even harder for Lindsay and Tori because they 
knew that if they oh, played their right, idols, yeah. they one of them two is going to go home. You see, I, again, you don't see the conversation, but you see tears in Tori's eyes that she's like right. fighting back at one moment. And, and Lindsay's too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's because, you know, Jonathan's safe. Like he doesn't have anything to worry about, like as far as him going home. So there really just wasn't any call for him to be so defensive. You know. Absolutely. And I think that like also at this point, it is really important to just kind of discuss like what it means to be an ally. And like, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit already, like in the game, you know, it, it's really important to listen. But I mean, outside of the game, everyone has a different life experience. Therefore, everyone has a different truth, you know, and um, it's really important to not just, you know, validate experiences instead of dismissing them as like theatrics, but it's also really important to not just depend on other people to teach you, you know, because that in itself is a really emotional thing. You know, like I can't teach every man what it's like to be a woman walking <laughs> down the street, like and explaining what it's like. The fact that like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it home to my apartment every day. And that's just a very real experience, you know, and I know that people of color have a variety of other um, life experiences that I'm never going to understand. But I think that it's important that I at least make sure that I can educate myself on history, you know? So I did some research actually on just um, on survivor history. Cause I think that that's really important. Um, I think that it's important, especially cause we're talking about this topic today. I read an article and it was, it's an article from 2016. Um, and it was from, it's called the impact of race and gender in survivor. And we talked about how survivor is this microcosm of society. You know um, it was from a university of Michigan student, um, Lita Broman. Um, and she talked about like how survivor and how race directly connects to society. And Drea mentioned this comment, you know, it happens again, boom, boom, boom. Right. And that can be interpreted in a variety of ways, whether it's like after the jury, before the jury, you know, what does she mean by that? Well, 45% of women of color are voted off within the first five votes. And that's a, a very recent statistic. Of course, some things have changed due to like the diversity implications, but that's also really important. And it's also important to notice here the black female players are the only group that are more likely to be voted off before the sixth episode, as opposed to anyone else who identifies at all any differently. Um, and out of now the 41 uh, finished and complete seasons of Survivor, nine of them, nine of the winners are people of color, as we mentioned, just in general, and three of them are women, and one of them is a black woman, okay? So whenever we see Drea and Marianne walking in, to um to see that it's not just there's two black people sitting over there while i'm over here it's recognizing the the risk of history repeating itself and the duty that black people have to make sure that they don't become another statistic another part of this pattern you know and what they can do to fit into society to reverse that you know it's it's very it's very layered it is and that's what people should have taken from this episode, right? But, uh, instead, we get people. I saw. I was looking at. Um, I was watching an RHAP uh, recap today, and one of the comments, of course, said, uh, "I don't listen to RHAP anymore. It's way too political now. It used to be so much fun back in the day." And it's like, what are you talking about? They're right. just talking about what happened on this episode and their opinions. Talk. I'm trying to. Uh, I wish, I wish that I, I could just turn off the monetization of this video because I would just actually just go off. But something being political, being politicized, I feel like is way different from just having an honest discussion about gender, uh, race, anything like that. Because if we go back to, someone brought up 39 earlier. 
but they brought up uh, the Jamal uh, Jack situation. There was also the, uh, I think it was the Merge Tribal or something around, around there. The, the Kelly and Dan thing got brought to the forefront of, uh, of Tribal. I didn't remember anyone online saying that that was political. Everyone was, you know, everyone was upset about what, what had happened, but I don't remember anyone saying that it was political. They're just saying, oh, this is a messed up situation, blah, blah, blah. I feel so bad for this, that, and the other. Every now and then you get to the person that would be like, oh, we don't know what he thought or did, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we go farther back, you know, we, we have situations like, um, or not even farther back, going forward, when is at war? Uh, Sarah, you know, whether she believed it or not, brings up the gender bias. And I don't remember people online in such an uproar. I saw people upset, but there's always going to be those people. I didn't see people in such an uproar right. saying Sarah's bringing politics into the show. It was just kind of right. like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Same thing when Cass brought it up and Kageyan. Whenever people bring up uh, any type of gender thing, it's never received as political. It's really only when race is brought up, which is why a lot of people don't like Marquesas or Fiji, because race is very much uh, at the the forefront of the not only the winners at it, but like the the overarching storyline. Uh, it was crazy that I don't have to put Cook Islands in there because Cook Islands really, after the first couple of rounds, the race thing really isn't even a factor, um, mm-hmm. at least to the audience. Uh, but like Marquesas, people say, oh yeah, you know, I didn't like the whole Seppi Sean race thing. It's like, well, if you look back on it, Pascal was the one that was kind of, I won't sit here and say that he was, but he was, everyone knows what I'm trying to imply, but he had some, he had some thoughts. Um, <laughs> and if you go with Fiji, the way that they were, the, the final three were trashed and drugged through the mud in the final three. And we haven't really seen that in any other season um of newbies that happens a lot in, in all-star seasons but newbies generally there'll be like one or two people that are like trying to you know showboat but for the most part it's just kind of like here's a hard question answered but the fiji uh final three they all got dragged through the mud multiple times um and it's just frustrating hearing people you know online hearing other podcasts things like that where they are portraying Drea and Marianne as the villains in the situation. Mm-hmm. When in reality, there really isn't any villain in the situation. There are right. villains. Even John, like Jonathan is fine. It's yeah. fine. Just shut up. But you're, he's yeah. all right. Yeah. He, he understood at the end and it was all good. But the fact that people are trying to demonize these two people is a very big issue with me because I didn't think there was any... I didn't think there was any person in the situation that was bad. You know, they, I think they they were speaking their opinions of what they went through, bringing their personal life, said, hey, this is how I feel like we have to do this. They did. If they go home next, they go home next. I don't think that they're going to end up working together because of this. It's going to be crazy if they do. But yeah. I don't think they're going to be working together after this. I think that they're going to have a moment. I was like, hey, you know, that was good. Now it's back to the game. And it wouldn't surprise me if Marianne voted out Dre and Next or vice versa. This is not going to just become a race thing. It's just in that moment, that's what 
I, I know I keep going back to what Josh said, but it's the optics of the situation. And, you know, the optics kind of suck for us. So yeah. um, I was able to get through all of that without dropping a single F-bomb, which I Good job. I'm so proud of you. Look at your growth. Thank you. Uh, look at God as I said. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I know I talked a lot with my hands during that. That's because I was doing It was beautiful. Um, you did great. But at the end of the day, two idols are played. Tori goes home. Thank goodness. Uh, and we're down to the final eight. Quickly, we'll do we'll do because we're almost we're almost hitting an hour. I, I'm sorry, I rambled there for a bit. It was but, an important conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll start with hoping. Uh, go to Josh. Finish with Emily. Final eight. What do we see happening? Who do you think is going to win now? <clears throat> well, uh, first of all, thank you for what you said. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, you know, I got to ride with my girl, Marianne. I've been with her from <laughs> the beginning. And here's my thing. Here's why. I think her social game is so underrated. I see her, like, even uh, hearing uh, her talk about how she uses her her emotions to kind of, uh, that's her strategy. And I think that's so brilliant. And I, I heard people, like, call her a crybaby and stuff. And I think that that's just her being her. There's nothing wrong with it. I think she got good strategy. And I think she is way smarter than anyone gives her credit for. So I'm riding to the end with Marianne. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that too. Yeah, I, I've I've been low on Marianne mostly just because of, not not personally, if I could pick anybody to win the season, it would be Marianne. Um, but I was low on her chances, mostly because of her age. And I think actually after this week, it was a big shift for me and actually seeing how she could speak with passion and clarity and that those two in combination is a very powerful winning game. So I, I'm, I won't pick Marianne, but I think that this is the first week where I'm actually comfortable saying that she's a, a legitimate winner contender for me. I, I, my preseason winner pick was high. So I hope high wins for that reason. Uh, Cause I had a great read on him, but I think at this point I would have to pick Mike. I think Mike, is somebody who you know romeo jokes he's like 100 years old uh and you know they see him as this kind of old guy and i think he's actually in really good shape i could see him winning some challenges down the stretch everybody respects him you know the way you brought this up this moment up earlier and and with the the way that he talked with jonathan and and just really yeah. understood like his like deepest insecurity like instantly in meeting him and and was able to bond with him about that you know he's able to bond with omar about you know omar's religion he's able to bond with high and reconnect after they were on the opposite sides of the early vote i just i think that mike he hasn't shown that strategic mastermind move yet that you know might be waiting if he can do one or two kind of quote-unquote big moves to kind of just show that he was thinking very strategically very obviously i think that mike could be uh the winner so i'd pick mike Yes. And I, I'll just to go off of that real quick before I get to, the, uh, to Emily. Um, Mike doesn't re- like, I'm not going to say he's playing under the radar, but like, at least we're being shown. No one talks about Mike. Yeah. And it, no one also talks about the other person that I'm going to say who, who uh, my winner pick is right now. Um, but uh, shoot, I had a thought and I lost it. 
It's fine. You're Emily, doing you're amazing. <laughs> well, I was going to say the same thing, actually. Um, I agree with both of you. Mike is still my winner pick. He was my winner pick from the very start. I And if you guys are frequent listeners here, first, thank you. Uh, second, follow me on Twitter. Um, third of all, um, you, you know that I am simply obsessed with Mike. I think I, I chose him. I had a gut feeling from the very beginning. He's my win. He was my winner pick um, because first responders tend to do really well, um, especially people from New York tend to do very well on Survivor because they Jer oh, Jersey. that's basically the same thing. Don't don't tell anyone from New York or Jersey that I said that. Um, but <laughs> um, like from the same area, you know. And I think that they, they know how to interact with a variety of people, um, a variety of life experiences, and they're good at thinking on their feet and managing chaos very well, while knowing how to push <laughs> their bodies in crazy ways. Um, he's my king. Um, so I think that he he's done really well. I also want to tip my hat though, an honorable mention to Lindsay for a few reasons. Like I think that um, she she's growing out of the woodwork a lot. Um, I think that I mean not only did we mention that she's just an ally queen, she handled that tribal council to perfection, even though she was one of the two people who could have been going home that night, a queen. Um, but I also feel like um, she, like her, her physical strength is immaculate, but how many times has her name, could her name have been on the chopping block? And she's had literally nothing but that amulet advantage. And she's been able to deflect it just like by the sheer power of her relationships. So yeah. I, I think that, um, I, 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 we might be getting another like quote unquote Erica edit, um, you know, in, in the midst, but I don't think that's possible considering the backlash they got after 41, um, but I want to tip my hat to her as a very honorable mention. So, yeah. All right. So the, the obvious winner, and <laughs> I, at this it's point, nice. I'd be surprised if they didn't win, uh, is Omer. Really? Uh, I, I, I feel like Mike is, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these folk that read the edit or anything like that, but it's kind of hard not to in certain seasons, blood versus water being one of them. Like was like, Oh yeah, Tyson's going to win. Um, I just feel like, you know, either Omer's going to win or he's going to have a very, like the, the, the episode that he goes home in is going to be like epic. And the person mm -hmm. that takes him out potentially could win. I think that Mike, uh, has, I, th I mean, I think that everyone has a realistic chance. I don't think there's anyone that's like being dragged right now. I don't think um, so either. I would love if. Seven of the final eight won. Uh, people can kind of guess who the eighth person would be. Um, I know. But, but <laughs> I, I think that right now it's Omar going to lose. Um, because once again, like I, like I mentioned with Mike, no one talks about him at all. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, And I know we're going off what we see, but like no one's talking about him. No one's throwing his name out or anything like that. And everyone is good with him. And he's gloating about the fact that everyone is good with them as compared mm -hmm. to Mike, who he's not, Mike's not gloating about the, uh, like Mike does the opposite. Like he's just good with everyone because he's just the stand up dude who gets along with everyone. He's the um, cutest. Which means <laughs> I think I'd be, I know I'm sitting here saying that Omer's going to win. I'd be really torn if the two of them sat at the end with somebody else. Sure. Uh, and I, so I'm hoping that, that that doesn't happen. I hope that one of them goes home. Mike, I guess. But I love Mike. Uh, I love this cast. I hope that people kind of just shut up after this past week and get back into actually liking the season. Um, yeah. People are, you know, a certain section of people have decided that they want to turn on this and call it 41, which it's not. Um, so I'm hoping that this episode just continues because I loved this episode. 
Uh, I did feel like it was kind of rushed in spots, but that's because they had two tribals to get to. But I love this episode, and I'm hoping that as we get closer and closer to the finale, they just keep up that momentum and don't drop the ball. Don't Absolutely. drop the ball and, one, do the do or die, which... Uh, but, two, don't under-edit somebody all season and then have them win because, once again, you know how people will react. The the morons, the jabronis will say, oh, this person uh, didn't deserve to win. The people like us uh, and other smart folk will understand that it was an editing problem and it's on the show for, for doing that. Um, but as we almost hit the hour mark, Josh, Hopi, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all the stuff that we talked about. Uh, thank you all for being allies. I know that that's a political word, but uh, thank you all for being allies. Uh, and, How dare you? Uh, uh, Hot Takes is now a political show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to how this all turns out. Uh, I'll be going to live know-it-alls on Wednesday with uh, Stephen and Rob, so I'm excited to see their opinions on that episode. Um, we're going to have to get Josh out here one year to like go to an event. Uh, the finale is actually going to be out in California. Just just putting that out there. Uh, oh, well. oh, really? Yeah. Wait, wait. The, the finale is going to be in California? Yeah. Like it's not going to be like um, on the like on their TV show? No, 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 no. The finale part, the, the Wendell Bryce party is going to be in California. Oh, oh I was yeah. like, no, I no, thought no, that you were telling I, me they were going to announce no. it live. I like lost my mind. I, no, I was with, yeah, I was with Emily and I was just uh, going to wait to correct to you after the uh, recording was over. <laughs> I, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I was all so right. excited. Uh, but thank you all again for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the other side.